Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Passing Shot, the tennis podcast by fans, for fans, with Joel and Kim. Today, we are going to be looking back on the men's semi-final between Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer, as well as the two women's semi-finals. We now know our finalists, Garbinia Muguruza and Sophia Kennan which may surprise some, but we're going to start with the men's draw, with the men's semi-final, as well as two quarterfinals and kind of previewing the other semi-final as well. Kim, uh, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a demolition job as I was expecting, but it was still... It was still three sets, wasn't it? It was still three sets. It was still very predictable. Although the first set was, you know, a bit of excitement, perhaps. I woke up and Federer was 4-1 up and I thought, oh, OK, what's going on here? Um, but then, yeah, Novak clinched his way, you know, back in that first set. I think Federer was 4-1 up and then 5-2 up. Uh, and then Novak just, you know, managed to to come back. And I think Novak actually said after the match, he, he started quite nervous in the beginning. Um, mm. and, Very surprising. You know, just, yeah. Why would he be nervous? He'd never lost an Australian Open semi-final before. And he hasn't lost a Federer in a Grand Slam in about eight years. So it's quite interesting that he said he was nervous. Yeah, because... I think I, I was reading, he's got the best, him and Rafa are now tied for the best uh, best record at a semi-final at a Grand Slam. Rafa and Novak are both 12-0 and 0 now in semi-finals. Um, Novak, obviously, at the Australian Open, Rafa at the French Open. Um, you know, I, I kind of re- listening to the kind of the post-match interview, it sounded like kind of Novak was almost kind of preoccupied with, you know, Federer and his injury and how, mm. you know, he was kind of thinking about how that was going to affect his movement on court. And he was almost kind of preoccupied with thinking about that rather than just kind of focusing, you know, on his tennis game. Um, yeah, and- that makes sense. I guess we have seen that before when, you know, you, you know your opponent's not 100% physically fit. And, you know, there was speculation that Federer might not even play. So I guess that probably was a bit of a distraction. But once Novak, you know, settled that, you know, came back, clinched that first set on the tie break, it was, you know, 6-4, 6-3 in the next two sets. It was very, very predictable. Federer, you know, was struggling. You could see physically he, he obviously wasn't um, at, at his best. So, I mean, it was a bit of a walk in the park, really, for Novak, you know, on the grand scheme of things. I think, yeah, I think with Federer, I think, you know, he came out and, you know, I was almost kind of expecting, you know, if he wasn't 100% fit, then I think he was going to try and keep 
points you know rally length of points to a minimum yeah and whether you know he was going ultra aggressive to begin with you know and and kind of looking for the winners earlier on in the points you know it might have caught you know Djokovic off guard you know the fact that he did go Mm. 4-1 up and I think he had love 40 as well um you know it kind of took I think Djokovic a bit of time to kind of you know figure out what sort of Roger Federer you know he's you know he's kind of dealing with and um yeah i mean he was able to kind of adapt on onto the court and no no eye trouble as well yeah yeah i did wonder at full one down i thought oh is it the contact lens is gonna gonna actually be <laughs> the one that defeats novak um but yeah i'll be sorry to see federer's lovely purple shorts go i, I hope he carries on wearing them into like indian wells and, and miami because i just love those shorts but anyway um so novak's in the final as many of us predicted he's going to be facing either dominic team or alex zverev um so that's perhaps the semi-final that we weren't predicting Joel, because i do i think in our previous episode we said that both players probably wouldn't <laughs> even make the quarters uh, yeah. it just shows how much we know uh, <laughs> and how terrible our predictions are um but yeah i guess the match that everyone was talking about yesterday you know dominic team rafa nadal We'd said that Rafa would would kind of edge it, but you know, team team was very very impressive, and he came through uh, in four sets, winning three tie breaks. Um, which you know, for a Rafa fan, it's a bit gutting that Rafa couldn't even get one of those tie breaks. And you know, after the match, he was asked what he would have liked to have done differently, and Rafa said, "Just win any tie break," <laughs> which I think summed it up really. I think. I think that was the first time ever in his career he's lost three tie breaks in one in, match. In yeah. one match, mm-hmm. and you know Dominic Team obviously he just played he played the big points better than Rafael Nadal, which is almost a kind of a surprising thing to say. But you know the level that that Team played, um, you know it, it just shows you that you know kind of like he he is you know, on his day at Grand Slams, he is very competitive. And I think his record, his record against the big three since the start of 2019, I think it, it's very favourable. I think it's like, you know, I think he's it, won seven, seven of 10 against the big three yeah, since the start of 2019. You know, he's three and oh against Federer. Uh, Nadal, he has a winning record. He's now beaten, you know, Nadal on a clay court and on a hard court. You know, it just shows you that he is a player that we can now, you know, think can be... He he is a player. He, he is a player for all court surfaces. I think now and for sure. And I think, I think he's a player a bit like Stan. You know that on his day can beat anyone. You know that he there is no barrier. Um, it's whether he can beat you know two of the big three in consecutive matches in a slam. That's that's now the question mark. So if he does defeat you know Zverev tomorrow in the semi, like can he then perform like he did against Rafa against Novak in the final? That I think is now the test that he needs to overcome. Um, and also, you know, I think having beaten Rafa for the first time in a slam, like this is a very significant result for team. Um, and I think if they were to meet again, say at Roland Garros this year, I think, I don't know, it might be a different result to the last two times they've, they've played because, you know, team will have this confidence that he knows he can he can beat Rafa at a slam. And OK, Clay is a different story, but but having done it here over five sets, that's that's just going to, it could potentially be I... quite significant, I think. I thought what was quite interesting was when when team went two sets up, I didn't realise, but Nadal hasn't won, um, you know, best of five set match from two sets down 
in 13 years. I now, know. I'm, I was shocked at that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's because, you know, he's not been in that situation that, yeah. that often. True. But his re- his record is is 3 and 19 from two sets down in his career and you know for someone who is like you know known as like one of the biggest you know one of the best kind of physical you know players and kind of like a real battler on a tennis court I was just a bit surprised by you know that that stat around yeah 3 and 19 from from two sets down in his career I don't know if those matches were from earlier on I know, wonder if a lot of days. them were early you know in the in the finals of master series they used to play mm. five sets didn't they so I wonder if some of them might have come from from there or you know his very first few slams but yeah did did surprise me and then I also saw the statistic that Dominic team was 38 and 1 uh, from two sets up in his career so basically, when he's two sets up, he's only ever lost one match. So I was like, oh, this doesn't really bode well for for Rafa to come back. But, you know, that fourth set tiebreak, it was it was fairly close. And I just thought, oh, if only, you know, Rafa could eke it out and go into a fifth. Like, who knows what would have happened? So, um, but there we go. It's not to be for Rafa. Um, Dominic team, you know, a player who I think, you know, has he... Like, at the start of the tournament, you know, we didn't really think he was... I don't know, in, in that good form. Like he didn't do amazingly well at the ATP Cup. You know, he went five sets with Alex Bolt in the second round. Mm. They are not performances that you would think, oh, he's, yeah, of course he's going to be in the semifinals and, and beat Rafa. But I guess he's played his way into it, which is what you need to do. And you just need to get through the matches and, and peak at the right time, which is what he's done. So he'll be playing Zverev tomorrow. Zverev having come through the match against Stan the Man in, in four sets. That result I was I was quite surprised about because Stan absolutely dominated the first set and then, you know, he won it 6-1 and then Zverev just kind of came back and won three straight sets very comfortably against Stan. Um, his serve kicked in, I think, from the second set onwards, which as we were talking about yesterday is kind of the barometer of his whole mm. game at the moment. <laughs> and, and yeah, he just, he seemed quite relaxed and just not used to seeing that from Zverev in a slam. And we've now, we're going to have two, obviously we've had one of the semifinals already, but you know, we've had that, you know, that old guard semifinal, you know, between Djokovic and Federer, but actually in the second semifinal, it's kind of like a, a new, you know, a new guy. This is like new territory for, for Grand Slam semifinals. We don't have anyone, uh, from, don't have anyone from like the big three in the second semifinal. We've got Zverev and team. And I just wonder, yeah, are we, is this a, is it, do you think this is a one off, you know, in terms of at this stage of, of a Grand Slam or do we think this is going to be a more of a routine thing that we can come to expect? You know, um, you know, in we, you know, as the season progresses, as the seasons progress. Well, I um, think it's not going to be a one-off. I'm sure it, it will be more of a regular thing. It, we might not see it for the next three slams this year, but I'm sure it will become more and more frequent. You know, <laughs> they are going to retire at some point. Yeah, the big three, and then like these these guys, you know, teams, Zverev, Sitsipas, Medvedev. It's it's on them basically when the big three go. Like who amongst them is going to be the one to take the most titles? Um, I mean, it's it's just they've got to fight it out. I think to be like the next big thing. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Team Zverev, um, obviously, team is is older. I mean, Zverev. Yeah, a lot of criticism has been put on Zverev for not having done anything, you know, at a slam apart from, I think, what, two quarterfinals up till now. But Zverev is still only 22. Like, that is so incredibly young still. And when you put it into that context, if, if this is his 
his chance to now, you know, peak at a slam. Like to do it at 22, like that's still incredibly young. So um, I do think maybe we've been a bit too harsh on him, expecting him to have done it already. Um, but team is 6-2 in their head-to-head and won, you know, at their most recent um, match, which was at the ATP finals in London end of last year. I mean, I would you say that team is, is the definite favourite for tomorrow? I, I would, but I could go four, five sets. I... I mean, uh, the my head. It's one of those things. My head is telling me that Dominic Team is going to win that match. But you know, Alex Zverev this week. I think you know, over the last two weeks, he's surprised. He's surprised everyone with the you know the performances he's he's been putting in. So again, I would not be. I think like now I've, I've almost got to be like you know I would not be surprised if there you know there is an upset because yeah he's just been able to kind of pull it out the bag you know at, at each stage, but. Um, I yeah I do think Dominic Team has reached a level of tennis, or he's has needed to reach a higher level of tennis. Given mm-hmm. you know he played Nadal in in you know in the last um, in the quarterfinals, so I wonder whether you know he's going to be be a, he's going to be able to go into that semi final and find that level of tennis you know from the very start um, and kind of you know put real pressure on Zverev from you know from the word go so uh yeah we'll we'll wait and see but uh yeah I'm, I am looking I'm looking forward to that and I wonder you know who will face you know Djokovic in, in the final who I feel like you know we talked about as I say we talked about Dominic team you know having a really good record against the big three in the last kind of couple of over the last 12 months or so um and I do, I do feel that you know that maybe would produce a more uh, a more competitive contest match maybe? in the yeah. final. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think if it's Team Djokovic, I could see it being a bit more of a memorable occasion. I think Zverev Djokovic over three sets in a Masters final. Yeah, fine, Zverev could do it. But over five sets in Zverev's first Grand Slam final, I do not see him defeating the seven-time champion on his, you know, on the best court, in, you know, his favourite court in the world, basically. So, yeah, I think um, I think Team Djokovic is likely with Djokovic winning. That's, I think, how it's going to turn out. Um, let's go for a quick ad break and then we'll discuss the women's side of the draw, which, as always, is a bit less easy to predict. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So, Joel, we've had the two women semifinals uh, during the night. Well, over in Europe anyway. Um, I know when I woke up this morning, um, there was just a message from you just said, Kenin. And I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> she won. Um, and, and then I had another message from someone else going, woo, Garbina. So, yeah. 
thanks to all my friends for spoiling results. But um, yeah, actually, two semi-finals with, with identical score lines, uh, seven six, seven five, two very close matches. Let, let's begin with Ashbarty and Sophia Kennan. I mean, you know, Kennan had, had you know has a losing head-to-head record against Barty, but perhaps most significantly, actually, she she beat Barty the last time they played, I think, um, last year, and. And Barty was up in both sets, um, but Kennan kind of clawed her way back um, and and just did it. And in those moments, like set points down, she she pulled out fearless tennis and, and and did what she had to do. And we knew that she would be like that. We knew she wouldn't, you know, go down fight like go down without fighting. But I, I was very shocked that she actually did manage to uh, to pull it off. To be honest. Yeah, she, I mean, you know, she obviously went into that match with, with the belief that, you know, she could beat Ash Barty regardless of what the situation is, whether that was a break point down, whether that was set point down. And, you know, I think that was, that's really given her those qualities that I think we've come to associate with Kenan over the last, you know, season or so. It's kind of like she is one of the scrappers. She is one of the fighters on tour. And, you know, it, it means that, you know, when, when she's playing someone like Ash Barty in front of her home crowd, she's not going to be phased by that. And, you know, I think that's really kind of what got her over the line because she was able to overcome, overcome adversity, you know, in those moments where, you know, potentially other players, you know, might have crumbled. And, you know, it was a very tight scoreline. And, you know, arguably, you know, Barty, you know, I think Barty, well, she could have. It could have been the same scoreline, but for Barty, technically, because she had, I think, was it two set points in in each set? Um, so that's just like she had her chances, which I suppose you know, if you're Ash Barty, it's better to have had the chances and you know not taken them or lost them to not have been in that position at all. At least that's how I think I would prefer to to read it. Um, but I think Ash Barty's pretty chill still. I think you know in her press conference she was very like you know. It's not life or death, is it? You know, so I didn't, you know, haven't managed to win my home slam this year. There's always next year, and getting to the semi-finals is still a very worthwhile achievement. So I think she's she's fine with it. And I mean, Kenyon's going to need to, you know, continue fighting for everything in in the final, which I'm sure she will. But you know, could could be kind of a similar state of affairs in the final against Muguruza because Kenyon is is going to have to just absolutely go for it. But I just yeah. Kenan is going to have to live with, you know, she's going to be, have to be able to, you know, withstand, you know, the ball striking power of, you know, someone, you know, with the ground straights like Muguruza. Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, I don't think you know, the fact that it's a first, she's going to be there and it's going to be a first time Grand Slam final appearance. I just don't think that's going to. I don't think that's going to phase her. Do you think? Is she going to... I just always worry with you know, first-time slam finalists that nerves is just going to get the better of them and they will not... They just won't turn up effectively or they'll turn up too late in the day to kind of really enact any change in the match. But I'm hoping Kennan will not be like that. I, I think, you know, she has a very fearless personality, which is very admirable, and I think she needs to just rock that. Yeah, she doesn't think about who is across the net from her. She thinks how, you know, how can I beat that person? You know, she's not thinking about, you know, rankings and, you know, the fact that, you know, she's playing the world number one. She's thinking she's playing Ash Barty and she's thinking of ways to beat her. And, you know, I think she's going to have that same sort of, that same sort of approach against Muguruza. Um, and just speaking of Muguruza, um, Muguruza came through against Simona Halep. So battle of the 
form the two-time former Grand Slam champions Halep and Muguruza, and former world number ones as well, and former yeah. world number ones. Yeah, um, and yeah, Muguruza came out on top again. I think Halep had set point um, in that tie break. That tie, I mean, that tie break was. I think whoever won that tie break, I think was going to go on to win the match. I think it was such a you know, every, uh, both players have put a lot of effort to get to that tie break, and then. You know, I just think it was, um, yeah, Muguruza was able to nab it. But it, if it, as I said, it very easily could have gone the other way. Yeah, and actually Muguruza has never lost to Halep on, on hardcore. So perhaps you know, that was a bit telling, um, you know. But yeah, it, she, she served well. She came into the net quite a lot. Had a very successful um, sort of rate there. And I mean, I was personally hoping Halep would win. I'm not going to lie because she was my pre-tournament favourite. So I was a bit, you know, ah. Oh. But I mean, Muguruza, yeah, she's back in the top 20 now, uh, regardless of, you know, whether she wins the title or not. Um, and actually, we, we maybe overlooked what she did in, in advance of the AO because actually she had reached the semis in Shenzhen. She'd reached the course in Hobart and, and had to withdraw from the semi, uh, oh no, from the quarters um, with a like a virus. So, Actually, she was in good form since the start of the year. And, um, you know, perhaps we overlooked her coming in. I, I think <laughs> overlook former slam champions at your peril. This this just goes to show she's come through. She's defeated, what, three top 10 players now. And, you know, I'm sure she'll be back in the top 10 soon herself, which, you know, many would say that she, you know, has belonged really uh, to be there consistently. She's had a very different you know, trajectory, hasn't she, as to, compared to Halep since having won her slams, you know, Muguruza has been very up and down, whereas Halep is, you know, very consistent. So they are kind of two sides of the of, of the coin, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, who, who are you going to say, Joel, for the final? Uh, I've got to go with, I've got to go with Muguruza, Muguruza. just because yeah. of her, because of her performances, um, you know, over Halep, over Svitolina. I just think she's in a very good place with her, you know, with coach, uh, Cochina Martinez. And, you know, to your point, I know she's unseeded, but, you just cannot write out former Grand Slam mm. champions. And yeah, you know, we were having that debate on our you know, our preview episode, you know, talking about people like Ostapenko and um, yeah, Sloan Stevens. And, mm. you know, I think Muguruza is testament to the fact that, you know, regardless of what form, you know, what form you're in, what season you've just had, former Grand Slam champion, you've got that, but you're going to have that belief and that, um, you know, you've got that ability to you know to play you know seven matches over two weeks in a, in a grand slam and i think that's just gonna i think that experience is going to show um and i just think i just think mcgruth is playing better tennis than than kenin although i'm i am prepared to eat my words kim <laughs> <laughs> as you've already had to do many times during exactly. uh, the, exactly. the tournament but actually we put a poll for twitter you know as to who would be the, you know, our women's final? And actually only 5% of our followers thought it would be a Kenin Muguruza final. I think about 60% had gone for Ballot, um, Hallow from Barty, so, uh, which I had thought would, would be the case as well. So it just goes to show you can never really predict. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that will be, be Saturday morning. I'm already looking forward to, to waking up and watching that one. I hope, I, hope, I hope we're in for a classic. That's all I can say. Um, quick note on the doubles, Joel. Uh, we've got Brit in the final, Joe Salisbury. Amazing. His first slam final with um, Rajiv Ram. It's, yeah. Uh, and he's very playing... winnable one as well. Yes, I know. He's got a real chance here to to get his first grand slam. They're, they'll be playing Aussie wildcards, uh, Max Purcell and um, 
uh, Luke Saville in the final. Luke Saville, yeah, yeah. Um, who are wild cards, and they actually beat Dodig and Palasic in in their semi final. Um, but yeah, so either way, we're going to have first first Slam champions, you know, maiden Slam winners. But actually, Purcell and Saville a year ago they were kind of outside the top hundred. They were you know playing low level challenger tour events, and they went on quite a run last year. Won a lot of challies and. And now they're here. So, you know, that's quite a story as well for them. But I'm, I'm really hoping Joe can kind of go all the way because, what, he reached the semis of, was it Wimbledon last year? They reached the semis. And, you know, he's, he's gradually been improving over the last couple of years. And it would just be really nice to see him, you know, yeah. get, and he get could, a title. And he could potentially uh, usurp Jamie Murray as British number he one. Will. I think he will. Um, he's going to be moving into the top 10, uh, regardless of whether mm, they win. Um, he'll be in the top 10 in the doubles. And yeah, he'll be technically number one doubles player. In I feel like the, the biggest shame here is like, you know, as a, you know, speaking as a British fan, it's like, it, it's kind of like, you know, Jamie Murray obviously plays with, with Neil Skupski mm-hmm. and that is like a Davis, you know, the Davis cup team. And it's, it feels like even though, you know, Joe Salisbury is like the British number one ranked doubles player, you know, is he, he's still won't get necessarily a look in when it comes to kind of the team competitions. Cause yeah. you know, he, he plays with a, you know, he plays with a completely different partner, but yeah. Um, but yeah, a great. I mean, a great, uh, great achievement to get to get to the final. And um, you know, I, I really hope they make the most opportunity because you know you normally see quite you know well established names in the you know men's doubles final, like I don't know, like the the Bryan brothers or you know, whoever. Or um, but it feels like they've got a real chance here. Uh, you know, I guess you know I, I would love to see him like cut the 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 fairy tale the fairy tale story short but yeah uh, be a t- I think that'll be a tough one I think yeah. it'll be a tough I don't think we should underestimate yeah the 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 home hopes at all um and the women's final in the doubles is also now set it's the top two seeds so Suwe Shue or Suwe Shue apologies and uh, Barbora Stritskova against uh, Babosh Amrozenovic so um that could be a, a close one down to the wire um, you know, Stritzkova and Suwei Shui haven't even lost a set yet. They won Brisbane, so they're, you know, in really good form. And Babel Simulodinovich, this is their third straight Australian Open final. So could go either way. I can't predict that one either. I feel like if you look at the men's doubles final, the women's doubles final, on one side, we've got a matchup that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. And then the women's doubles final is actually, yeah, I can see how they, <laughs> yeah. I can see how they both got there. Yeah, they are like the two solid stalwart women's doubles teams really the last year or so. They're like very consistent. Um, and Jamie Murray as well um, in the semis of the mixed doubles with Bethany Matic-San. So we could potentially be on for two British winners uh, in the doubles as well. So, um, and also, Joel, just before we go today, our collector set. Uh, oh, yes. It's still going. We're still going. And a lot of people, I think Ash Barty's result today has kind of decided it, I think, because uh, a lot of people had actually put her as a semi finalist. So um, I've just gone through and got rid of uh, everyone <laughs> who had got that one wrong. I think we've already got a clear winner, Joel, regardless of what happens with Djokovic. Oh, do we? Um, do we? Wow. Yeah, I think Adam D, uh, if you're listening, Adam D has got Rublev, Goff and Barty correct. And if Djokovic wins, we'll all also have him correct. So he would be on for four out of six uh, predictions. Impressive. And there's a lot of people who've got uh, two correct um, and they could also be on for for three if Djokovic wins. So we've got um, at 
Pathic Garmana 97. Uh, they're on two. We've got at V16 Queen on two. Uh, let's have a look. We've got at Safari Brit on two. Uh, we've got Tom Bryant on two. And yeah, I think that's it. So actually not too many. So well done to everyone who is on on two and I everyone who's taken part. But Adam D is, yeah, the the winner. We've actually got a, um, a complete winner this time. Well, I, I feel like everyone has been doing a lot better than me. But uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll come back with uh, the, the full the full official result once we know the the Djokovic yeah, outcome um and uh yeah we will uh update you then uh, our next podcast will be we will be recording on sunday we're hoping to get it out sunday evening but it might come up monday morning uh, where we'll be reviewing the women's final as well as the men's final uh, so I hope you can join us then. Uh, in the meantime, remember, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Passing Shot Pod. Remember, if you want to contact the show as well, you can do so on email, PassingShotPod at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying listening to our coverage, uh, our round by round coverage uh, at the Australian Open, feel free to leave us a uh, five-star rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, yeah. So, hope you enjoy uh, the rest of the tennis in Melbourne. I know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, we will see you in a few days. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.